Wow, I, I take a couple days off, and what do you know? All hell breaks loose. Reminder, Trish, not to go anywhere. Wow, this news cycle is pretty incredible to keep up with. Welcome, everyone, to the Trish Regan Show. We're brought to you in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560, if you're interested in investing in precious metals right now. But let's go straight to the fireworks happening there in New York City as Donald Trump is taking no prisoners now. And I'll tell you, on this one, he's absolutely right. Things have spiraled entirely out of the control to the point where we now have a government that feels a heck of a lot more like Venezuela way down in Banana Republic than the USA. Here is Donald Trump, furious as he should be, about Letitia James and her sham lawsuit. Watch. Okay. Thank you very much. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. We have a rogue judge who rules that properties are worth a tiny fraction, one one hundred, a tiny fraction of what they actually are. We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. She used this to run for governor. She failed in her attempt to run for governor. She had virtually no polling. She came back and she said, well, now I'll go back to get Trump again. And this is what we have. It's a scam. It's a sham. Just so you know, my financial statements are phenomenal. They are actually less in terms of the numbers used than the actual net worth. The actual net worth is substantially more. No bank was affected. No bank was hurt. They don't even know why they have to be involved. And they've so testified. They can't believe that they're involved because they were paid back on time. There were no defaults. There were no problems. And it was like a perfect client. In the meantime, people are being murdered all over the sidewalks of New York. There was no victim here. The banks were represented by the best, biggest, most prestigious law firms in the state of New York, actually in the country. Some of the biggest and best law firms, in all cases, the biggest and best law firms. That's who represented them. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never. In other words, there's nothing for anybody to be upset about. You know, typically a lawsuit would come forward because, you know, banks would say, you know, gosh, we didn't make any money on this loan. We lost money on this loan. Therefore, our customers lost money on this loan. We're going to go back and say, wait a second, did you fill out all the paperwork correctly? And, you know, maybe the U.S. government or the the New York government would get involved in that case because they'd say, oh, well, you know, you weren't doing your part to protect the consumers. But no, 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 no. Nobody actually lost any money in this particular case. This is what makes it so unbelievably bizarre, so egregious, frankly, that they're going to just go after him and go after him and go after him and go after him. In a way that, that really does feel Venezuelan style. They want to kick him out of New York. Say, you can't do business here in New York. We don't want you here. We don't want you in the state of New York. We're going to try and bankrupt you. We're going to try and take away everything you have because you inflated some numbers on your real estate holdings. All right, so let me back up. Okay, like, number one, you know, it's not great if a house is 3,000 square feet and you say it's 10,000 square feet. I'm not excusing any of that. However, however, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, but Deutsche Bank or whatever bank was involved, they chose to accept these numbers. Did they not? 
I mean, think about it. If you want to get a home equity line of credit out and, you know, you say your house is worth X and then they send an appraiser in and they say, yes, you know, his house is worth X. Or or maybe the appraiser says, nope, it's worth Y. And then you don't get the loan. In other words, banks have a certain amount of responsibility here and they usually go along with the estimates that are being put forward. Otherwise, well, otherwise, they wouldn't do the deal. Like it was attractive enough for the banks to lend him money. And whatever he put down for his financials, they were like, okay. And you know what? He paid all the money back and nobody lost any money. So why are we here in court today? Why are we having to listen to this? Oh, I'll tell you why. One woman whose entire career is based on getting Donald Trump. That's exactly what it's been from the very beginning. I want you to watch the first part here is a little bit hard to understand because she's talking into a cell phone camera. But this is Letitia James. This is who this woman is, ladies and gentlemen. Watch closely, listen closely, and let's think about it. I've always been to people who say, oh, I'm not going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference, or I'm just one person. I say one, I say one name, Donald Trump. Motivate you. One name, Donald Trump. Trump. She said oh, that yeah. should motivate you. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. Uh, no nice language, person. lady. I love it. He probably does already. <laughs> he built his wealth off the backs of New Yorkers. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Tell this president and every other individual that no one is above the law. The bottom line is that there's a little music in there, so I'm going to fast forward this one only because there's rules about playing the music and I want to be cautious. But we'll move on because there's more. This woman is something else. Running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. A legal system where even the most powerful in the country cannot use a loophole to evade justice. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. You see where this is heading. You see where this is going. This is a woman who has one axe and one axe only to grind. Her entire mission in life, her entire political purpose, the reason she's been able to raise money, the reason she is the AG there is why? Because she promised to go after Donald Trump. And she's going to go after him any which way she can, even if the case doesn't make sense, as in this particular situation. I mean, he explains it. Look, the banks got their money. So where is the crime? I ask you. It's the best law firms. That's who represented them. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me. Because we have a corrupt district attorney, but we have a corrupt attorney general. And it all comes down from the DOJ. They're totally coordinated. It's in Washington because I'm leading. I'm the leading candidate. I'm leading Biden by 10 points. And I'm leading the Republicans by 50 and 60 points. That's pretty much, they say, over. I never accept that, but they say it's over. This has to do with election interference, plain and simple. They're trying to damage me so that I don't do as well as I'm doing in the election. Our country's gone to hell. 
We have a country that's in decline, serious decline. We have a man running our country who has no clue, doesn't know what he's doing, and you know it better than anybody because you have to cover him. What they've done with open borders, what they've done with interest rates and taxes, it's a disgrace. So what we have here is an attempt to hurt me in an election. It's an attempt to hurt me in an election. This never happened before, where President of the United States leaves office and gets indicted. And the reason I got indicted was that I ran. If I didn't run, I'd be sitting right now at a beach like Biden does every time, even though he's supposed to be working. So very simply put, it's a witch hunt. It's a disgrace. We have a corrupt attorney general in the state. You see how she does? This trial was railroaded and fast-tracked. This trial could have been brought years ago, but they waited till I was right in the middle of my campaign. The same with other trials and indictments. It's all run by DOJ, which is corrupt in Washington. Everything goes through them. They're all corrupt people. Frankly, our country is corrupt. And that's one of the reasons I'm running. We're going to straighten it out. They have one property that's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times what this judge put down as a value. Put down a value, $18 million. And the property's probably worth could be anywhere from 50 to 100 times more than that. And a lot of those numbers could even be low. We have other properties, the same thing. So he devalued everything. I didn't even put in. Yeah, you see, he's right when he talks about a DOJ that is corrupt. And you've heard me report on this extensively. You look at what has come forward. I don't even need to say allegations, right, about Hunter Biden. Because, heck, he, he agreed in that sweetheart plea agreement that went away, he agreed to a couple of them. I mean, for goodness sakes, I mean, he's out there lobbying, even though he wasn't allowed to because President Obama said up oh, to all his personnel, your family cannot lobby. He didn't bother to register as a foreign lobbyist. He gets all this money from all these overseas clients, which, by the way, are all pro, pro fossil fuel, right? He's working for all energy companies. Go figure on that one. I love how they're all like, oh, so anti, anti fossil fuels. And yet their families, CGI, the Clinton Global Initiative, they get a lot of money from all those fossil fuel places. Think about that. Anyway, we know the corruption because we've got whistleblower after whistleblower after whistleblower, three of them now coming out and saying they couldn't bring charges in Delaware. They couldn't bring charges in California against Hunter Biden because, well, you know, the big guy has a lot of say. Well, that's frightening. That's frightening to think that Donald Trump is being sued and it's $250 million. They want to put him out of business in the state of New York when there was no actual... No actual negative outcome. I mean, again, like the banks aren't complaining. And by the way, the banks agreed to it. They're the ones that are like, okay, yeah, you think it's worth that? Great. You know, they're like lending him the money. He's paying it back. So this woman, this woman is searching. She's looking for a crime. She's determined to find one. And instead of doing things like keeping the streets in New York safe, instead of figuring out on a broader scale how to deal with the massive influx of migrants that have now taken in New York City over 
the once wonderful Roosevelt Hotel down on 44th Street. You got a mess in New York City, but this is what they're focused on. Because you see, they can't allow Donald Trump to win. And right now they're terrified he will. They're terrified he will because, well, the polls suggest, in fact, he will. He's up 10 points now. Just look at the recent ABC News Washington Post poll. And the more this kind of stuff happens, the more it boomerangs, the more it backfires, and the greater chance we see of Donald Trump winning the presidency in 2024. And this terrifies them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're dealing with. When you think of all the lies that have been told, blatant lies, consider one of my favorites, the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, that was just misinformation. Remember they told 51 ex-spooks and hacks and spies come out and say, including the former deputy director of the CIA. Oh, that's Russian misinformation. Brought to you courtesy of Rudy Giuliani. Except it wasn't. You see, it wasn't. It was actually real. And what we've since learned is that there are a lot of shenanigans. These are still in the allegation front, but consider what has indeed been alleged. This is frightening. Because I'll tell you, if Joe Biden had anything to do with this, and I, I, you know, just allegations, we'll wait to see how this all proves out. But I have a feeling he knew a thing or two, just maybe. And Comer's discovering everyday new stuff, including $250,000 that was sent to Joe Biden's house from China. Kevin McCarthy's true coalition partner on all things of substance is... We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to talk about Matt Gates and I want to talk about McCarthy. But really and truly, we have what feels to me like a very corrupt situation on our hands. So corrupt and so alarming that I think we really have to question the direction of this country. If they're willing to do that to him, what are they willing to do to you or to me or to anyone else who doesn't agree with their point of view? That's what is frightening right now. They so badly do not want him to run because he could win. And so they're going to keep this coming. I mean, you look at all these, these indictments, multiple, 91 counts, right, that we've seen. This, this, this whole thing is separate with the civil suit. 91 counts, including he's being indicted because he retweeted something from a news organization that they're saying was false information. I'm sorry, do, do, do we not have a First Amendment anymore? Does it not matter? I don't think it does. I think it's, it's whose side are you on? And they don't know how to deal with sort of the onslaught of information that is coming your way. Quick reminder to subscribe here. If you have not subscribed, do me that favor. Make sure that you subscribe. It's actually really important because, again, the establishment doesn't like that we can talk about these things in an open, 
free way. And I, I'm looking at so many of you again joining us. You know, Jody Paul, I agree. It is disgusting to watch this. Absolutely. I, I, I'm horrified by the direction our country has gone in. It is wrong on every single level. I know you guys are also talking about this judge, this judge who apparently was laughing in the courtroom today, who has his own biases. I mean, ultimately, I think what happens is this thing gets appealed and it gets thrown out. But the fact that they're doing this in the first place, that tells us a lot. And it tells us that they will go to whatever length is necessary to keep Donald Trump from winning again. They're fine with the likes of Joe Biden, who can barely stand. We learned he's actually taking physical therapy. Good, good. I'm glad he is. Physical therapy so he can learn not to fall at major events like the Air Force Academy graduation. We've got a guy who's, who's mentally really not cognitively totally engaged. That would be Joe Biden. And, and, and Trump's right. You know, he spends every weekend at the beach and then some. I think 40% of the time he's been in office, he's been on vacation. And then they get this little whippersnapper in the background, Gavin Newsom saying, oh, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. Yeah, right. They might have to run him because it is very clear. Donald Trump will beat Joe Biden at this moment in time unless they can find a way to bankrupt him and put him behind bars. It's going to be Trump. Because the more this crazy stuff happens, the more people say enough. I've had it. Like, you guys have just gone too far. Maybe I didn't like Trump, but you know what? He's growing on me. That's what a lot of people are saying. He's growing on me because I don't like it when government gets too big for its own good. One of the benefits of this country is that we have always tried to keep government in check. If we can't do that, if government fully runs wild, then the people have no say. This is a government designed to be run by the people, right? For the people. So... This is who they're looking at putting forward, none other than Mr. Gavin Newsom, who has been a train wreck and then some in the state of California. I don't like this guy. I have deep respect, reverence for Joe Biden as a person, his character, his decency, and his capacity to do great things. That's why I'm not worthy of that conversation. This guy deserves it. And we, as, as members of the party, deserve to have us back more forcefully. And none of the nonsense, all this, you, you, these quiet conversations you've been in, we've all been in, folks talking behind the back, that become headlines. And we're all chasing that right now. We've got to get on the team. We've got to get this, this guy reelected. And we've got to stop all the navel-gazing and the hand-wringing. Yeah, right. So, what, so why are you out there doing all those uh, media rounds? I just wonder, Gavin. I mean, you know. There's a reason, right? And the reason is because I think you know, I know, everyone knows that Joe Biden may not make it. And I, I say that with disappointment. He's the president of the United States, but he's, he's getting up there. He's too old. He's too feeble. His mind is not what it once was, never that it ever was all that much. Let's be perfectly honest with each other, right? He's never been what I would consider a rocket scientist in any way, shape, or form. He's also got a nasty temper that has been on display, well, since I was 10 years old and first heard him campaigning in New Hampshire. 
That's how long this guy's been at it. <laughs> anyway, on top of it, he's got a allegedly corrupt son. I'm being careful. I'm being careful. But what the heck is Hunter doing out at the state dinner with India just hours after he signs a sweetheart plea deal, which, by the way, gets us right back to what Donald Trump was saying in terms of that corrupt DOJ. There he is, looking all dapper, putting on the tuxedo at the state dinner. Hunter Biden rubbing elbows with what, new clients? Now that your dad's pops is is president, you can get even bigger, bigger, bigger deals. I mean, this is, I think, you know, just appalling, appalling. And it's good that it's getting exposed. Hats off to Comer for doing so. But we've got to think about, we got to think about our future. We got to think about how this stops. We got to think about how we weed out corruption. And we got to think about how we weed out establishment that is willing to crush anybody who dares to think differently. Look, the, the left has always done this. Let's be perfectly honest. It used to be that the Bushes were the most hated people, and Reagan was so hated. Well, now it's Trump and it's, you know, I would say in fairness, the hate has ratcheted up to a level we probably didn't even quite think we could comprehend back in the days of Bush or Reagan or, or other Republicans. But it's there and it's because he's willing to call them out straight to their face. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, they go behind the scenes, you see. They'll make sure that they do whatever they can to make sure certain stories are dampened, that they pull the right strings and they get the right kind of deals for people like Hunter. I mean, imagine just I mean, this blows me away. So the guy, Hunter, doesn't pay some two point two million dollars in taxes. All while daddy's standing up there saying, you got to pay your fair share. I'm hiring 80,000 new IRS agents to make sure that all those millionaires and all those billionaires that they're out there paying, all while daddy uses a nifty little thing, was it a C corporation to try and save a few bucks, some 50,000 extra he can pocket from his book deals. So he's using tax methods to try and improve his bottom line, things that he doesn't want other people to do, all while his son isn't paying any taxes, isn't declaring any income, and winds up with 170 suspicious activity reports filed by six U.S. banks with the U.S. Treasury Department. And again, nobody does anything. You know, someone said to me the other day, well, you know, it's his son. And like, you know, you can't really control your children, especially your 50 some odd year old children. You know, so what do you really do in that case? Here's my answer. I'd resign. I would resign. If I could not say to my child, a drug addict, don't take the money from China, don't take the money from Ukraine, don't take the money from Romania, because this will put our country, me, you, our family in a bad spot. If my son wasn't going to listen to me, the difference is I'm not an egomaniac that has to be president of the United States or vice president for that matter. I would say in the interest of protecting my family and protecting my country, I would bow out of politics. But that's not what Joe Biden does. Nope, nope. Because ladies and gentlemen, he's got an ego that's huge. He tries to pretend he doesn't. He's just common day Joe. But no, he's got a massive ego, as all of these people do. 
And that's what propelled him to continue staying in the White House, despite the fact that his son was breaking the rules, Obama's own rules. And these people are so self-entitled that now Hunter's out suing every Tom, Dick, and Harry he can come across from the, the laptop store owner, remember where he left the laptop, to Rudy Giuliani, to the IRS. Because how dare the IRS actually expose any of this? He's just a private citizen, right? I don't think so. Not when suddenly your dad's running for president and you got 51 ex-spooks trying to pretend like the, the laptop's nothing. This is what triggered him, guys. Harry Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money when your dad's whole platform is that everybody has to pay more on top of it. I mean, rules for thee, but not for me. That's the mantra here. And this is what America is so fed up with. This is why Donald Trump has the appeal he has. Granted, they were tired of it. They were sick of it. You know, in 2020, I kept saying to people, look at the policy, look at the policy, make sure you watch the policy. Because Joe Biden, he ain't got no policy. Excuse my French, but this is a man who had nothing. He just sat in his basement, looked at a teleprompter, and promised to be a nice guy. I'm sorry, but being president of the United States is a whole lot more than that. It's about actually having ideas. It's about having policies, being willing to implement them. It's about having a good economic team, about having a good foreign team, about staying on border patrol so that we have some borders and some ideas on how to fix them. That's what Donald Trump brought forward. And I think it was refreshing to the people in 2016 because suddenly somebody was talking about trade deficits in a meaningful way. Somebody was talking about the disadvantage that our middle-class America had been put in for so long because the elites were controlling everything and capital had a massive, massive advantage, frankly, over labor, something we're still seeing, right? Which is why, which is why you have all of these unions speaking up and saying enough. I'm no union fan, you know that. But I will say that something has happened on the way to the forum when we in America can no longer ensure that somebody can have a middle-class lifestyle because the people that are investing in the companies make all the money and the middle class gets the shaft. Yeah, that is a problem. It is a problem, and it's going to continue to be a problem until someone comes along to fix it. So all of a sudden, and Michael Morgoth is so right. Remember when he gave that very big speech in Detroit and he said it's going to be a giant F.U.? to the establishment, and gosh, it's going to feel so good for these people. He got it right because people had had it. And then, you know, the drama, the drama, the drama of the four years in the White House, and, of course, the lockdowns, I said at the time, did I not, (laughs) and got in a whole lot of trouble for it, but it's better because I'm now here directly with you. 
But I, I said, this is a mistake. You cannot shut down the economy. By the way, you're just playing right into the Democrats' hands. That's what they want. Don't shut down the economy. You need a strong economy to fight this thing, protect the people that need to be protected. I mean, we hardly did that. Just look at Chris Cuomo, forgive me, his, his dad there. Cuomo and the nursing homes and sending people with COVID in, mixing them with the elderly. We, we did everything wrong, nothing right. And so they were able to use that against him. People were fatigued and suddenly Joe Biden's in office. But you know what? Not for long, not for long. It's going to be Donald Trump or it might even be, dare I say, RFK. The rumor is he's going to be announcing. He's going to be announcing very soon. And I think this is quite telling because if you think about it, the Republicans have had a shakeup. They've sort of taken that status quo and turned it upside down via Donald Trump. And now there's an opportunity for the Democrats to do the exact same thing. I mean, they kind of were trying to do it there with Bernie Sanders, but Bernie, you see, is too indebted. Bernie didn't have the independence to say, to hell with you, I'm going to run as an independent. I'm going to mess this all up because I have the conviction to do this. Bernie wanted to go back to the Senate and continue his job, you know, go along, get along. RFK, on the other hand, different animal. He doesn't have to go back to the Senate. So he can be that agent of change on the Democrat side, which means even more bad news for Joe Biden. More bad news because a lot of people that might have voted for Joe Biden, they're going to vote for RFK. And if they vote for RFK, it's a Perot-type thing, right? You know, you're taking more votes away from Biden, who's barely got any as they are. And then you're left with major, well, problems for the Democrats. I mean, I look at it as an opportunity to try to try and get things right. You know, I, I was talking about the, the middle class and, and how shortchanged people really have been. Donald Trump at the recent Fox debate was out there in Detroit talking to those union workers, promising them that, you know, we'd continue to make cars in America and we'd make cars that ran on gas. I'm all for green energy. I think, hey, you know, go for it, but don't do it in such a way that leaves everybody in the interim out. It's not right. It's not fair. People are struggling already enough and you want to make it worse while the elites all collect the money from the foreign fossil fuel companies over in China, over in Romania, over in Ukraine? I mean, like, if I were you know, a conspiracy theorist, I might actually question why that is. I might actually wonder why it is that we're trying to suppress our energy production while simultaneously having so many of the elites on the bankrolls of these foreign energy companies, as Hunter Biden was, where they're trying to promote their own use of fossil fuels. These are questions Americans are asking. I was traveling recently and I was on the highway in the Northeast. And this was very interesting to me because, you know, I live in the Northeast and there's a certain political bias, shall we say, to the left in the Northeast. But you know what? There was a car going by me, pickup truck, and all his windows down. And this was the song I was hearing. I had to pull off on the side of the road and make this video. I'm, uh, my adrenaline's pumping, man. I'm pissed. 
is off the charts. It's not getting better. It's up 3.5%. Collectively, you're looking at upwards of 16% since Joe Biden came to office. Americans are hurting. Things are not getting better because the policy is not there. We don't have an energy policy. We don't have a, a good foreign policy. I, I, I know we, we were willing to give a lot of money to Ukraine. $24 billion was the recent ask. We were willing to shut down the U.S. government, apparently, over this. Rather striking, right? I think my, my reaction the other day was like, okay, like, try to pass a budget, guys. Like, you know, please, like, that's like the one thing you're supposed to do. I'm not somebody who's, who's willing to shut down the whole system over things. But I do find it rather odd that you're entirely willing to shut down the U.S. government in order to keep Ukraine's open. And look, I get there's a lot of things at play and I get the whole China argument and Taiwan and this, that and the other. But we do have a problem with graft in Ukraine. We have a problem with corruption in Ukraine. And consequently, McCarthy is now finding himself in a very tough spot. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. I, I've argued before. I feel like he's like whichever way the wind blows. It's very hard to get any kind of consistency out of him. But this time around, he, he did manage to get that little extension, at least for a month. But he's up against it. I want you to see Matt Gates. Kevin McCarthy's true coalition partner on all things of substance has been the Democrats this Congress. He worked with Democrats on the debt limit bill, and only Democrats are really campaigning on that bill. Republicans aren't campaigning on the debt limit bill. That was a Democrat bill passed with mostly Democrat votes. Then we get to the appropriations process, and Speaker McCarthy purposefully delayed us. He tried to back us up against shutdown politics. He tried to not pass single-subject spending bills. And at the end of the day, he had to utilize Democrats to pass a continuing resolution. Explain the timing of this. Yeah, I'm going to be doing it this week. If this does fail, will you bring this up again? Yeah. Okay. So Matt Gates means business. He wants McCarthy out. He, he feels that McCarthy is too beholden to Democrats, not beholden enough to the wishes of other Republicans there. Look, I mean, this is a tough one. You know, look, I, no fan of McCarthy here, ladies and gentlemen, for a variety of reasons. One of which is like, why did it take so long to bring this impeachment inquiry? And why don't we have more information thus far? All that said, I think you got to try to keep the U.S. government open. And I think 
it was a worthwhile compromise of sorts, right? To say, okay, well, let's keep the U.S. open, but not, not fund Ukraine. And of course, White House is telling us today, don't worry, don't worry, we still got money for Ukraine. I'm like, money from where? Like, where is this coming from, you guys? Why is it so critical? It doesn't help, of course, that Ukraine happened to be one of Hunter Biden's clients. I mean, it really doesn't help. It doesn't look good. Again, back to why would I have resigned if I was Joe Biden, knowing that my son had his handout to Ukraine? I mean, complete, total, utter conflict of interest. And this is money we don't have. I mean, I don't know where it's coming from. Future generations, I guess. Social Security. I mean, what really will happen to America in the future if we continue to spend so recklessly? There's this whole Roman Empire thing going on on TikTok. And I showed you some of you this last week when I was talking with the, the CEO of the gold company, Legacy Precious Metals. I just think this is fantastic. This is a guy whose wife is asking him, do you think about the fall of Rome much in the Roman Empire? And he just has a lot to say. I mean, a whole lot to say. And I, he's spot on. I mean, I get it. I think about it a lot only because, you know, I'm, wonky enough and dorky enough that I eat, sleep, and breathe economic policy, and I really do worry about the debt levels that we have and the unsustainability of it. But here is this gentleman putting it in pretty accessible terms. I want you to hear it. Do you ever think about the Roman Empire? All the time. Why? What are you thinking about it? Well, because we're in those times right now. Everybody's preoccupied with sports, movies, work. You know. What was he said about bread? Well, all right. The common people, Roman Empire said that everybody was equal. Everybody had a chance. Uh But it wasn't. The rich got richer and the poor got poor. And they worried constantly about people rioting. Uh Because they knew that the common man, the common people, Uh could take over at any time. So they would bring them into the Colosseums. And they would give them free grain. They would give them bread. They would give them wine, whatever they needed to fill their bellies and block their minds from what they were angry about. They would watch plays. They would watch fights with the gladiators, sometimes for months on end. And that's where we're at right now. And I think about it all the time because so many people are preoccupied with their favorite football team, their favorite actor, actress, singer, and they they just don't even think about what's being taken away from them. As long as their bellies are full and they're happy with what's going on, they just let it continue. Wow. <laughs> wow. She's like, oh, that was a little more than I bargained for. <laughs> it was great. I mean, uh, he... Um, he kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, there were so many things going on and they were spending so much money, money that they didn't have. And the whole idea was, you know, you can kind of just keep people satiated. It's what we see happening here in America where there's this idea that you just kind of give people enough, just enough to, to keep them down on the farm, so to speak, but don't actually empower them to have anything more. And that's truly, truly, in my estimation, a real tragedy. This is what Donald Trump brought to light in 2016 in a very meaningful way. He had economic policy that did a lot to bring money back here that had been overseas. I mean, think about that. 
Obama had rigged the system in such a way that I used to call them shotgun marriages. You know what you wanted to do? They called them tax inversion deals. <laughs> Otherwise known in Trish Regan's book as shotgun marriages, where an American company would buy, say, an Irish company because they'd get a 12% tax deal and they'd suddenly relocate overseas and all the money would go over there. How is that smart policy? Seriously. And so Trump comes in. He's like, no, no, no. I want that money back here. So let's make it attractive from a tax, corporate tax standpoint to actually bring that money back. Well, he did. And he cut taxes, corporate taxes, by doing that. He gave an incentive to bring that money back on shore. And then he cut taxes overall. Now, the left would say, oh, what did that do that actually resulted in the rich getting richer? And I'm going to tell you right now, it did not. In fact, there was less in terms of growth among the wealthy in the United States of America during that time of the Trump presidency. Rather, instead, you had the strongest median income growth in some 50 years. Think of that. In other words, companies were able to bring more jobs back here at home. More money came into the system that should have been here anyway. And everyday folks benefited from that. They benefited from the lower taxes. And then along comes Joe Biden. And oh, what do you know? We got massive inflation, unlike anything we've seen. Really, anything we've seen. And it was so obvious what was going on. I mean, if you've been watching me, you heard me just pounding the table. I've been doing so for years. I'm so sick of this Federal Reserve that tries to play God with these financial markets and always gets it wrong. Always. I mean, all it would take is a little bit of common sense. But no, nobody's got any. Maybe because they're too politically bent. Well, let me tell you, they really screwed up. Because now they're going to have to raise interest rates again, and they're going to have to do it this year. And guess what? Another reason why Donald Trump's going to win, because it's going to mean a bad economy for Joe Biden. I say they're going to have to raise because they were so extraordinarily overly aggressive for way too long. And consequently, you know, that inflation has left the station and that's bad because, you know, once that happens, you don't, you don't want to, you think back to the days of the Weimar Republic, you know, and everybody's like taking a wheelbarrow full of Deutschmarks to go buy a loaf of bread or think to uh, other countries that have struggled with this, Argentina, Brazil, certainly Venezuela and Venezuela, they don't even want pesos for toilet paper. The toilet paper is worth more than their actual currency because you can't just print as much as these People and some of these idiots in Washington, D.C. would like to think you can do that. You can't. There has to be an underlying value. And so Biden thought he could just buy everything. I mean, it's like Gavin Newsom, who, by the way, appointed that woman who used to be in charge of Emily's list. She's a black woman. That was all he cared about. We just have to have a black woman because apparently, like, nobody actually is colorblind. Nobody actually follows the ethics and morality of a Martin Luther King Jr. who didn't see color. No, it's all about color. So we have to put in a black woman for Dianne Feinstein, who, of course, just passed away on Friday at the age of 90. So there she is. She's going off to the Senate. And Gavin Newsom is doing this quite deliberately because, well, Gavin wants to take Joe's spot at some point, And he's trying to appease a certain group. In other words, just give him a little, give him a little, give him a little, or maybe give him a lot. <laughs> because this other big idea 
and he voted for it, is to give every black in California that can prove they somehow descended from slaves $5 million, along with wiping out of all debt and lifetime health care. I mean, these people, like, I, I just, I'm amazed by, why not just fix the schools, for goodness sakes? Why not encourage family units? Why not get rid of stupid tax policy that encourages people not to be married instead of being married? I mean, there are ways to fix this that are so much better, but no, no, no. Nobody wants to hear about that. The economic policies that made a difference that we had prior to COVID 2016 into 2019, but you know, 2020 in March, 2020, the wheels came off the bus. We know that. And that was for obvious reasons. But nobody wants to actually change things. They want this status quo because they all have their hands out. They're all getting something. And so now the idea is, well, we'll just keep Trump off the ballot. Either we'll, we'll make sure that we, we bankrupt him in New York or we'll put him behind bars in Georgia or maybe we'll just come up with something else entirely that we think is really clever, albeit totally unconstitutional. Here is Larry Tribe, the professor from Harvard University, who thinks he can actually use the 14th Amendment. I want you to see it because you have to know how much these people are off their rocker. How do you view these particular efforts in Colorado and Minnesota to disqualify Trump? Eamon, thanks for having me back. I think these lawsuits are very carefully and thoughtfully designed. They amass a great deal of evidence that what happened, not just on January 6th, but in the lead up to it with fake electoral slates and all the rest, uh, was an insurrection, as the Constitution uses that term, and that Donald Trump was at the center of that insurrection against the Constitution of the United States and gave it aid or comfort. That does not mean that he gets punished. That would depend on whether he is prosecuted for insurrection and indicted or whether the pending indictments stick. This is not a punishment. And when you said he violated Section 3, that's not quite the way some people would put it. Some people would say... Section 3, like the requirement that you not run a third time after you've been president twice, or like the requirement that you be old enough and a natural-born citizen, is just an eligibility requirement. And when Secretary of State Benson of Michigan said she thinks the courts should decide it, that's really the theory of these lawsuits. They proceed by suing the Secretary of State because under the laws of Colorado and Minnesota, it is that secretary's responsibility not to let someone on the ballot if they're ineligible to hold the office. But we know quite clearly the human tendency to pass the buck. That's what all the secretaries of state are likely to do. So it's going to end up in the courts where I think it belongs. And the courts will hold a hearing, and then they will decide whether under the Constitution and under the facts, as demonstrated at these hearings, the former president is disqualified. Simple as that. Except, except <clears throat> with all these indictments and all of these lawsuits, two state, two federal, 
and now we get the the $250 million civil suit. Nobody has actually indicted him for an insurrection. So Larry Tribe, you know what? I didn't go to law school. You certainly, sir, did. But it's so convoluted in your head right now that I think you got it all, as we like to say in New Hampshire, nobody knows what this means other than those of us from the Granite State. Back into, which means ass backwards, for lack of a better term. It's all backwards. It's convoluted. It's wrong. And that is a legal theory that I think will not survive. But, well, it's creative, right? And that's where he's going. But ultimately, if our government is so empowered that they can ruin your life, they can ruin your business, they can go and make up things and say, oh, you know, you you defrauded investors when investors didn't get defrauded at all. In fact, as Trump pointed out, all that money came back. Where does that leave us? I want to go out to some of the questions and comments because I, I my good friend Charles Thorngren, who was just on the show, actually, I, I would recommend you guys go and look at Tuesday's show from last week. We had a wonderful interview. He spent about 45 minutes with us and we talked about sort of the trajectory, right, of where this country is heading. And I think none of us, none of us feel very good about it, uh, Charles included. And we talked a little bit about this fall in the Roman Empire and what do you do in that kind of situation? I mean, Charles, he he, he has his bias, right, because he's running LegacyPMInvestments.com. But indeed, uh, it's one of the places you can go to diversify your holdings. I'm seeing, again, some familiar faces here. Leslie Kimbrell joining us again. 80% of the civil suit is past the statute of limitations. You're right. So says the judges. That is 80% of the charges. And so think about that. Stephen, good to see you as well. Emily, Mike, again, all good to see you guys. But, you know, if that's actually, if that's the position that we're in, in which, you know, you can actually go after someone past the statute of limitations just because, just because you don't like them, just because it was your political mandate, then we don't have much of a country, do we? I mean, this really is Chavez style, Venezuelan style, banana republic style stuff. Remember what this woman said. Remember what she campaigned on. This Letitia James, who wouldn't say, have a oh, career I'm not gonna bother to register if it was not for Donald Trump. Make a difference. Or I'm just one person. I say one, I say one name. Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Get off your ass and vote. Will you, will you sue him Lovely, for lovely, oh, lovely gonna, lady. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. Lovely lady. I love it. He probably does already. He built his wealth off the backs of New Yorkers. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Tell this president and every other individual that no one is above the law. I said the bottom line is that presidents from Brooklyn who are going to... What a lady. You know, I want to leave you with this. Again, this comment from Donald Trump speaking out, you can hear the fury in his voice. You can hear the anger, the frustration. You know, he does a good job keeping it together most of the time. And, you know, people are like, you know, how do you deal with this pressure? And he's like, ah, you know, like I, 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 I sleep well at night despite it all. But you can tell 
Like he gets it. Like it's going too far, guys. It's gone way too far. This is not right. This is not who we are as a country. It's not who we want to be as a country. Here he is. Listen to the anger, the frustration in his voice today in New York City. Okay. Thank you very much. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. We have a rogue judge who rules that properties are worth a tiny fraction, one one hundred, a tiny fraction of what they actually are. We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. She used this to run for governor. She failed in her attempt to run for governor. She had virtually no polling. She came back and she said, well, now I'll go back to get Trump again. And this is what we have. It's a scam. It's a sham. Just so you know, my financial statements are phenomenal. They are actually less in terms of the numbers used than the actual net worth. The actual net worth is substantially more. No bank was affected. No bank was hurt. They don't even know why they have to be involved. And they've so testified. They can't believe that they're involved because they were paid back on time. There were no defaults. There were no problems. And it was like a perfect client. In the meantime, people are being murdered all over the sidewalks of New York. There was no victim here. The banks were represented by the best, biggest, most prestigious law firms in the state of New York, actually in the country. Some of the biggest and best law firms, in all cases, the biggest and best law firms. That's who represented them. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never. There was no default. The banks got their money. So in the scheme of things, if you're an attorney trying to bring a case forward, this is not, this is not one you go to. It's just not. Because you can't prove any damages. Like, what's the problem? Oh, the bank's got their money. They're very happy about all the money they made. Again, if a bank had lost a ton and lost their shirt, then you might have something, right? Then it would make sense. But this is a case where no. And by the way, I would just point out again on real estate, you know, I'm not saying that you should, to be clear, I I don't believe in falsifying anything. However, real estate is actually a very subjective investment. What I believe might be worth a million dollars, you might say is worth five. And until the asset's sold, we don't really know. Now do we? Which is why you bring in appraisers and banks try and look at portfolios and try and figure out what the real estate is worth before they lend against it. Clearly, the bank was comfortable with whatever he was putting forward because they lent him the money and they didn't complain and they got paid back with interest. So this is what you call a silly suit, but it's not silly. It's disturbing. It's scary. It's frightening. Because this is our country and our lives. And if they can do this to one, they can do it to another. It's good to see you all. Thank you so much. Stephen, good to see you back here. James as well. Billy, thank you for your kind words. We're going to continue this conversation. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't. And I will see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.